I'm excited to be with you today. If you're joining us, you're looking for a reminder of who God is and how that is to inform how we live. And today's verse is so relevant to us. It gets at the core of what it means to follow God. Sometimes when we uh, are teaching, there are a lot of verses we're covering and it's hard to understand. But good news for you today, this is a short one verse and I think you can even memorize it by the end of our time together. Virtual high fives and lollipops for you if you do. We are halfway through our series of, um, on a portion of the Minor Prophets called the Twelve. And the prophet we're looking at today is Micah. And Micah is writing to God's people in a time of national crisis. The country is divided. Remember, this is well after the reigns of Saul, David, and Solomon. The kingdom is broken into two kingdoms, a northern and a southern. Micah is a prophet or speaking God's word to the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom has just been invaded and taken over by a foreign enemy. And the people are wondering, what are we to do? And the question is, what should we do to please God? How does he want us to live in this very difficult situation, in the midst of this rubble? And several options are listed. Uh, I, maybe he wants a burnt offering, uh, a year old calf. Maybe he wants, and they're presented actually in escalating order. Maybe if not that, maybe a thousand rams, maybe 10,000 rivers of oil. Maybe we should even give him our firstborn son. That would really show him that we're devoted to him. And the answer Micah gives in Micah 6, 8 is this. He has shown you, oh mortal, oh human being, compared to the eternal, immortal God. He has shown you, oh mortal, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And that is what the entire book of Micah is. It is. It's this back and forth between doing justice, having a standard, and how Israel did not meet it, and then God having mercy, continuing to issue second and third and fourth chances, forgiveness, mercy. Do this, and when you don't, there's mercy. Now, for God's people, these words were actually nothing new. When Micah proclaims this, it's interesting. He's borrowing from the prophets that went a few years before him, who were in particular speaking to the northern kingdom, prophets like Amos, Hosea, and Isaiah. So Amos, Amos 5.24, let justice roll on like a river. Amos is all about justice. We're going to hear more about that in the next four weeks when Devin concludes this series on the book of Amos. But let justice roll. So that's Amos. Hosea. Hosea says in chapter 6, verse 6, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. So, uh, Hosea's mercy. Isaiah 29, 19. Once more, the humble will rejoice in the Lord. The needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. So Amos, justice, Hosea, mercy, Isaiah, humility. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Now, when Micah borrows those phrases, he puts them together succinctly as, as this uh, gift to Israel and a beacon really to all humanity ever since of what it means to walk with God. I want us to look briefly at each one of these virtues one by one, and I want us to see that this is who our God is. 
God never asks us to do anything he is not. He's asking us to just be who he is as we do this. So do justice. There are a lot of misperceptions about justice today. Uh, the word justice is so polarized and politicized right now. It can um, sometimes when we hear it conjure up images in people's minds of something that is, you know, identified with a political party or an agenda. But this is a biblical word. And I'm talking about the biblical use of justice here. This word occurs over a hundred times in the Bible. It's actually one of the key ways God is identified in the Bible. Here's just two examples. Deuteronomy 32, four. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. Jeremiah 9, 24. I am the Lord who exercises kindness, it's the same word for mercy, justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. See, at its essence, justice is a sense that God is over all, that he is the creator. God loves and delights in each person he has made. Each person has been made in his image and has infinite worth. Doesn't mean we aren't held to account, but we all have value. One theologian defines justice like this. One should never treat persons or human beings as if they had less worth than they do. One should never under respect or demean them. See, the problem with injustice at its core is that it, it seems to indicate some people matter more than others. We can use and abuse other people for our gain. But God is just, and because he is, God's people were called to mirror this kind of justice. God has no favorite children. So Deuteronomy 22, 3, do what is right and just. Rescue from the hands of the oppressors those who've been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless or widow. Do not shed innocent blood. If you're looking for it, there's so much in the Old Testament, in the law, in the prophets, about this idea of justice, and particularly how we as God's people are to treat fellow human beings with dignity, especially those who cannot stand up for themselves, those who are more vulnerable, widows in their society, orphans, the poor, aliens or immigrants, we would say. So the book of Micah, is Micah criticizing God's people uh, for their injustice, for not mirroring who their God is to one another. Chapter two, verses one to two. Woe to those who plan iniquity, to those who plot evil on their beds. They covet fields and seize them, and houses and take them. They defraud people of their homes and rob them of their inheritance. See, for Micah, as long as injustice rules in Israel, every moment of their religious services is frankly a mockery of their faith. Doesn't matter what they're sacrificing, doesn't matter what they're singing, how can they be sacrificing or singing songs to a just God when they themselves are participating in unjust systems that hurt their fellow human beings? So Micah says, 
Live justly, do justice. Don't just show up at church with an offering. I think Micah's word applies to us today. Where do we see injustice in our society? Where are things not fair? Where are people made in the image of God not being treated with that dignity and value that they deserve? Treated as if they have less worth than they actually do. If we see something, we should say something. If we see injustice, it should stir us. We should not be silent bystanders. We should get involved. We should stand up. We should get our hands dirty. We should wade into the muck and into the mess because God would. This is something he cares very much about and he never asks us to do something he is not already doing himself. Yes, I know it's complicated. Yes, I know it is very much overwhelming. Yes, I know it is above our pay grade. It touches and intersects with things, areas that are not our expertise. That's well aware of that. And as such, we've got to work with the expertise of others to know how to respond. But our basic response needs to be, that's not right. Young children are especially good at this. In my years in children's ministry, in my years as a parent, time and time again, you see this instinct so strong in kids where they are eager to help. And they keep us honest in this. Before things get too complicated for them to work out, they have the right instinct, even though they've got to nuance it. It's not right that other people, some people don't have food to eat. We've got to do something about that mom and dad. It's not right that some kids have to worry about gunshots on their way to school. We've got to do something about that. I love that heart of our children. May they lead us in the instinct of doing God's justice, even if we've got to sort out and nuance how to do it in complicated ways. But it isn't just doing justice, because if we're only focused on that, boy, we can get off track. Yes, justice is at the core of who our God is, but he is also loving. Another word used to describe God again and again in the Bible, this word is merciful. Um, it, and so this is the second word for Micah's peers as well as for extension us, love mercy. So let me talk about biblical mercy. If justice shows us God has very high standards, mercy shows us he also has pretty low standards. God sometimes has no common sense. He has no discretion. He keeps issuing forgiveness again and again to people who seem to be taking advantage of it, who seem to not be able to get their life in order, who seem to not be able to live up to what he's asking. And yet they ask for repentance and he grants it. This is what's known in the Bible as his hesed love, the loving kindness of God. That's why sometimes you'll see this word translated mercy. Sometimes you'll see it translated kindness. It is the unfailing, unstoppable love of God. It is what the psalmist refers to in Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God's mercy will always lap you. It will always come for you. You cannot escape it. 
Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. The steadfast love or hesed love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Thanks be to God. Great is your faithfulness. For you middle-aged people who watched Groundhog Day back in the day, uh, this is Groundhog Day only with mercy. You wake up, you miss the mark, you repent, you get mercy. You wake up, you miss the mark, you repent, you get mercy. Now that's a God I want to worship. A God who has standards, who cares about justice and people and that we treat one another with dignity and who also has grace for us when we miss those standards. And so the book of Micah, knowing human condition, knowing how we are, is a constant alternating between that, announcing judgment for Israel for missing the mark and hope if they do repent because this is God's character and we are his people. The book ends with Micah 7, 18 to 20. Who is a God like you? That's actually the meaning of the word Micah. Who is like our God? So he ends with who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives transgressions? You do not stay angry forever, but delight in showing mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Only as we experience the love and mercy of a God like that are we able to express it to others. So City Church, do justice, love mercy, receive it yourself and offer it to others. And then walk humbly. Walk humbly with God. Micah says that the daily relationship with God is what lies at the heart of religion, not our empty worship practices. One commentator writes, quote, the ritual of temple expression or church can give expression to vitality of a Christian walk, but can never replace it as the center of Israel's faith. Meaning what we do together on Sunday morning, what you're doing now, what we're gonna do outdoors, what you do in your growth groups is not a replacement for our faith. It can enhance it, it can encourage it. I hope it teaches you and instructs you in it, but it is not ever meant to be a replacement for it. And right now, during this time of COVID, we have an opportunity to practice that. Is our faith something we just do by showing up and check the box, or is it real and alive every day where we are walking humbly with our God? Humbly means open, willing to admit I might be wrong, willing to be corrected, open to feedback or input. Humility says, I don't know how to do this. Pride says, nah, nah, I'm good. No good, thanks. Humility says, uh, I could use some help here. Humility is not only open, it is dependent. It is, I need you, God, or I will not be able to do this. I need you to empower me. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to guide me. I need you to give me patience with others. Some of us right now 
are being more formed in humility now than ever before. And there is a discomfort in that. Most of us would say, we don't know what any particular day holds. And even when we think we do and we've got it all arranged, something happens and things change. None of us like that. But we are more dependent now than ever on God to give us strength and wisdom. And I want to encourage us to lean into that. As the psalmist prays, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. City Church, the words of Micah, that apt, succinct phrase, which I think you've got in your minds even now. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. Oh, is that all? may not sound like much, but it is enough to last us for a lifetime. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise you that these truths um, reflect who you are. You are a God of justice, and you will one day bring your justice, your shalom on this earth as it is in heaven, and we long for that day. Until then, make us agents of your justice. You, O oh Lord, are merciful. You forgive again and again. Paul says in Romans, where grace abounds, or where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Thanks be to God. We thank you through Jesus that you extend mercy again and again to us. And humility that you, Jesus, came upon us. As Paul says in Philippians, as a servant in full clothed in humility may we be so may it be so for us your people that our lives and our country and our nation would more accurately reflect your character because we are mirroring it we pray this through jesus amen